Welcome to the Renovate Church Sermon Podcast. At Renovate Church, we are passionate about teaching God's Word in such a way that you really get to know the heart and character of God and where you can apply the truth of Scripture to every aspect of living. We believe that God's Word is relevant and has the power to transform your life. We're excited for this most recent sermon and we hope it blesses and encourages you. we just did there in, in the worship set. I mean, can, can you do me a favor there a second and, and put that lyric uh, of that last song? Uh, second verse. Let's do second verse. Second verse of that song. I just want to speak the name of Jesus till every dark addiction starts to break, declaring there is hope and there is freedom. As to Jesus. Verse, uh, the other verse. I just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind. I mean, there's, no, not that one. That one's powerful too. The other one. I like to put them in the spot. There. Wow. I just want to speak the name of Jesus over fear and all anxiety to every soul held captive by depression. I speak Jesus. In a season where, where the suicide rate among teenagers has risen exponentially, this is powerful. In a season where, where you see that a lot of people's hearts has been broken, minds have been broken, right? It takes, it takes going through, through, through a, a, a grueling time, like many people went, to really break something, the world will say it in their, in their psyche, because the world, don't, don't, the world doesn't have any more terms for that. But we know that there's a spiritual thing, a spiritual component. That's why, that's why the world is so limited in their scope. Because they consider only the natural, and beyond the natural, they only consider then the psychological, which is a mystery to them. And they never consider the spiritual part of it. And the spiritual is the fundamental, the fundamental aspect of who we are, because it's the, etern the eternal side of who we are. Everything else is temporary. Our emotions are temporary. Many people say, like, I was in a conversation this week, and people are saying, like, I don't know how I'm going to feel in heaven. It's like, well, let me tell you, brother, it's beyond feelings. It's beyond feelings. So it's not about, about human expectations. It's, it's so much more. So much more. Amen. So, hey, this is my first sermon as a 40-year-old. First sermon as a 40-year-old, first one. And um, uh, first sermon as a 40-year-old. So I have, yeah, I was thinking about that, and Dave Bonnell always says that he has shoes older than me, right? I, that stuck in my mind, brother. So now I have, now I have a, a big old man Bible, see? Big old man Bible, I have it. My first uh, big letter Bible, right? And even so, I already lost a couple of these, if you know what I mean. I already lost them. You just, they're all around. <laughs> so I want to go, I want to I dive in quickly. 
Go with me to the book of Malachi. Ooh. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dive in the deep end really quickly. Really quickly. I hope not literally because I move a lot. Malachi chapter 4. Can you, can you go with me to there? To that verse? To that chapter? Malachi chapter 4 is the last chapter in the Old Testament. Last chapter in the Old Testament. Old Testament from the, from the creation that was written at the beginning, it was, that was written by Moses. Moses wrote, wrote the, the first five books of the Bible the, the, that was called the Pentateuch, right? Uh, and these first five, five books were written by Moses. All that story of all those years that happened, all of that, all of that ended in the, in the season of, the, of the, what is called the minor prophets. I've never liked that term, that terminology, because it, ha- it gives the idea that, that, it's, uh, that they're small or they're less effective or, or less important. But no, that's not the case at all. If you, if you want to go and dive deep into, into how God really dealt and intervened with a, with a world that was upside down, Take a deep dive into the minor prophets. And the last one in scripture is here, Malachi. Malachi, uh, the, the people of Israel were, were returning from exile, from Babylon at that time. Malachi chapter 4. If you have it, say amen. I, I feel classic today. Amen. Yeah, yes. Yeah, because I feel like, like a grown man, 40-year-old. Yeah. I've said that so many times. <laughs> The Lord of heaven's army says, the day of judgment is coming, burning like a furnace. On that day, the arrogant and the wicked will be burned up like straw. See, this is intense. They will be consumed, roots, branches, and all. But for you who fear my name, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. And you will go free, leaping with joy like calves let out to pasture on that on the day when i act you will tread upon the wicked as if they were dust under your feet says the lord of heaven's armies it's a prophetic word over the people of israel and over the future right remember to obey the law of moses my servant all the decrees and regulations that i gave him on mount sinai for all israel look I am sending you the prophet Elijah before the great and the dreadful day of the Lord arrives. His preaching will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers. Otherwise, I will come and strike the land with a curse. That's the last passage of the Old Testament. And it's left like that. And it's like, my goodness. Talk about a a hanging thread, like inconclusive no resolution, no nothing. This will happen. If not, this other thing will happen. And you know what, what occurred right after that? It's what scholars identify and call the, 40, the 400 years of silence of the Lord. 400 years. After this, this was the last word that God spoke through the prophets. And after that, four hundred years when we consider aspects of history we, we 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 sometimes we talk a little bit too cavalier about about this amount of time oh 400 years i mean people are freaking out for two years of disruption and this is 400 years 
Just let me tell you this. Do you know your ancestors 400 years ago? Do you know it? Do you know them? Probably you don't know 100 years ago. Probably many of you don't know even 50 or 60 years ago, right? Or your, your, what's the name of your great-great-grandparent? Most of us don't know. We don't know. So this is 400 years, 400 years when they kept on doing the same thing over and over and over, and God was not speaking at all. It was a routine of emptiness and just patterns that they followed. It was just that. It became a repetitive pattern that they just did one time and again during all those years. And then Jesus comes. And when Jesus comes, he finds a world and he finds a people that have such a distant connection of what God really is that he comes in. And you know, we, we talked about the last thing that the, the, the Old Testament says. So you know what the first thing, the first thing that Jesus preached, you know what it is? Let's go, go, go with me. Go with me. Matthew 4, 17. Matthew 4, 17. Matthew 4, 17. Got to use my glasses for this one. It says, you got it? Matthew 4, 17. Got it? It says, from then on, this is after he got baptized. This is after he went, right when he came back from the wilderness, from being tempted. First message from Jesus, hear this out. It says, from then Jesus began to preach, repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. That's the first message of Jesus. And that really really speaks to me about the concept that people have nowadays about Jesus. <laughs> and they don't realize that that's the first message that he, that he delivers. Yes, Jesus, is a, he is, represents the God of love, but as a God of love, as, our, as the love of God embraces us, he wants to bring us out from our condemnation. So many people have this revised, customized, polished, curated idea of Jesus that he's very distant of what he really was. Of course, Jesus was able to deliver his message of love, but also a call for repentance at the same time. And let me tell you, it's very difficult to do that. It's very difficult to do that at the same time. We as humans, we tend to gravitate to one thing or the other. We tend to do that. And we need to call ourselves out and say, like, God, I need to be more like you. I was just sharing uh, this week with someone that, that I, was seeing the, I was seeing people uh, uh, celebrating St. Patrick's Day in the worst way possible. Because if you have, know a little bit of history, St. Patrick was the guy that got used to bring revival to Ireland but ask the people who were drunk on, on Thursday night if they know that. They don't know that, right? So you're celebrating in the worst way possible. There's, it's very distant. See, there's a, it's a repetition that loses its meaning. 
the same thing had happened to the people of God during this time. There was a repetition that had, had lost its meaning. That's why Jesus comes back and his message is, I'm going to show you one more time what the kingdom really is. And for that, you need to turn your life around. Repentance is such an important part of who we are in God. It's such an important part because you and I, and I'm not grandstanding here talking down to you because I myself had to come before the Lord constantly in repentance because I fall short. You fall short. We all fall short. We have a solution. There is a solution. The solution is the grace of God won by Jesus Christ and the cross of Calvary, but we have to come voluntarily to that and we have to reach out to that. It is available to us, but God does not force us to get it. Understand this. People say, why do, pe why do things happen? Why do bad things happen? We are in a fallen world because a God of love, and here's a bit of, of, of central theology for you, a God of love cannot force people to obey him because then he cancels love altogether. If he, if he is a God of love, which he is, It has to be an option before us, and it was established like that from the very beginning. For God to be a God of love in the Garden of Eden, there had to be the option, the opportunity for them to turn their back on God. If there's not that opportunity, that option in our life, then there is no love. We're just coerced, forced to do something. That's not love. That's forceful. It's not even a relationship. It's one street, one-sided. Right? It's just one-sided. So Jesus comes and, and tells that. And there's a, that same thing that, that, that we see there, it was especially true among the Pharisees. Why? Because we, we tend to point out the Pharisees constantly, but we forget that nobody was living according to God. Not the Pharisees, not the regular people, no one was living, not the kings, Not the priest. Nobody was living according to what God really wanted because it wasn't about the routine. It became an empty routine. It became an empty pattern. And there was no heart into it. Even from the very beginning when you study the law of Moses, the, all those practices and all those laws were never meant to be just a blind, empty procedure. Always the heart had to be included into it. There had to be, uh, you, you had to put, you, you had to invest your life and your heart into it. Because if not, God is not interested in blank, empty routines. And he said it, I prefer, I prefer, I, I will go more for your obedience than your sacrifices. I will go more for your heart than your routine of whatever you're doing. The problem, a specific problem with the Pharisees is that they claimed that they were doing things right. See? There was a, there was a self-proclamation. It's like this is the way that the things have to be done. And they didn't, they didn't realize because they were, I mean, remember, we, we tend, we tend to, to think of them and kind of judge them. But I always said, I realized years ago, many people say, I would, like to, I would have liked to live during the days of Jesus. And one day I realized, it kind of snapped into me. It's like, I think I wouldn't want that. Because the, the highest probability, statistically speaking, is that I wouldn't be in the right side of, of history. 
Statistically speaking, I see it from, yeah, we tend to judge, and that's something that America does especially well, which is horrible. I can tell you that. Coming from a, from, from a different culture, one of the things that is horrible about, about, about the, the, the trends in America today is how they evaluate history from today's standards. And that is not how you do things. You have to understand what was going on there. Because if you put yourself objectively in that position, then you come to the conclusion that you will probably do the same thing. You will probably be doing the same thing. You and I, if we were living in the time of Jesus, it's much more likely that you and I would be in the crowd shouting, crucify him. It is more likely. When I realized that, it's like, okay, so I'd rather not. <laughs> I'd rather be in this side of history and look back and see the redemption of Jesus Christ and be covered by it. I'd rather, I'd rather see that. I'd rather, I'd rather see that from this side of, of history. So... The Pharisees get called out a lot because they, they thought that they were doing the right thing. Remember, it's 400 years of the same thing. 400 years of the same thing, the same thing, the same thing, the same over, all over, all over, and over and over again. So Jesus begins to speak very directly and bluntly to them. I encourage you at some point, if you want to wait to Christmas, do it, do it in, during Christmas time. We want to do it now that we're... We're upcoming uh, uh, Easter and that. Whatever works for you. But go through the, through the gospel. Read the gospels and read the words of Jesus. Read how he spoke and you are going to be surprised. Because the concept that the world, the, the world brings to Jesus these days is very wishy-washy. It's very, it's, very, it's very watered down. Jesus was not a watered down dude. He was pretty blunt many times. But he was able to do it in a way that still his love came, came across. How do we do both things? How, do, how are we direct? How we call out the things of this world and, and at the same way show compassion? I find myself in that struggle. As I was seeing people this week doing that, I, I, I started, I was, I was walking through the streets in, in the domain and I was seeing people just messing around and getting drunk at 5 p.m. And, and, and I was saying, as I was walking by myself on the sidewalk, I said to myself, God, Please help me be more like you because right now in this moment, I don't feel compassion for these people. I feel anger of what are they doing. Let me be more like you, Lord. Let me be more like you because I need to feel compassion for them. I need to feel compassion because they're lost. They're lost. So I need to feel that. I need to be more like you. So Jesus started speaking bluntly to, to, to the Pharisees, understanding that they thought that they were right but they weren't. And out of all the Pharisees, there was this one that I think it was very marvelous what he did. And his name is Nicodemus. John chapter, chapter 3. Go with me, John chapter 3. I love that sound. I had missed it, right? I like, I like using the, the, the digital Bible. I use it a lot. My phone, my iPad computer I really use it but there's something special about this um, my, my dad has a Bible that the one that he has since he um, gave his life to Christ 30 something years ago and that Bible the, he has read it uh, completely multiple times and all the pages are so smoothened out. I, 
I really love his, his Bible because it, it, something, he, had, he has rebounded several times because, because of the much use that he has. So it's time to me to put some mileage on this one, right? John chapter 3 talks about Jesus and Nicodemus. Because of the miraculous signs Jesus did in Jerusalem at the Passover celebration, many began to trust him. But Jesus didn't trust them because he knew all about people. No one needed to tell him about human nature, for he knew what was in each person's heart. You, you imagine dealing with that? When you, when you understand and you have that revelation, knowing what, what really the intentions of people are, and having to, in spite of that, still feel love and compassion for them? Hmm. I think that that's one of, the, one of the great damages of social media. I always say that it was easier to love people before. In all reality, I mean, now you see more about more stuff and you say like, oh, my goodness. Before there wasn't that, you had only segmented or specific moments, right? There was a man named Nicodemus chapter three, the Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. After dark one evening, he came to speak to Jesus. Rabbi, he said. We all know what God, that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. So let me, let me, let me give you a little bit of context here. Nicodemus was not, not a low-level leader. Nicodemus was a teacher of Israel, which means that he was one of the scholars of the time. He was one of the people of authority of the word and scripture, a, a person that had dedicated his whole life to studying that, right? To studying the word and, and teaching the word very well respected, held a lot of authority and even power they held, even though during that time they were under the oppression of Rome, of Rome, right? So he wasn't uh, just, just anybody. Um, it was a person that, that had all that experience and all that history and all that, that, all that authority in him, yet, yet, I see a lot of Nicodemus in what happened in Martin Luther, the reformer, right? Because person similarly living, uh, dedicated to God, living in authority. And then if you really connect to the word, you're going to find something. You're going to find something that you have been missing. And that's what happened with Nicodemus. And I'd rather show you than tell you. So bear with me. We're going we're gonna to see a little video that has ministered my life multiple, multiple times about this story of Nicodemus. So if we can show the video now. We appreciate it. Check this out. I don't know where to start. I have so many questions. I... Shall we sit first? Oh, yes, of course. I have never heard anyone tell a paralytic to get up and walk, much less it actually happened. So what is your conclusion? I believe you are not acting alone. No one can do these signs you do without having God in him. What else? What have you come here to show us? A kingdom. That is what our rulers are worried about. No, not that kind. Then what? A sort of kingdom that a person cannot see unless he is born again. 
born again. Yes. Truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. How can these things be? Ah, a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things, huh? I'm trying, Rabbi. I know. I know. Do you hear this? What? Listen. What do you hear? The wind. How do you know it's the wind? Because I can feel it. I hear its sound. Do you know where it comes from? No. Do you know where it's going? No. That's what it is to be born again of the Spirit. The Spirit may work in a way that is a mystery to you. And while you cannot see the Spirit, you can recognize his effect. Mind is consumed with thoughts of what a stir these words would cause among the teachers of the law. Yes. And I do not expect otherwise. I just fear you may not have a chance to speak many more of them before you are silenced. I have come to do more than speak words, Nicodemus. More miracles? Yes. But even more than that. So will the Son of Man be lifted up, so that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Our people are not dying from snake bites. They're dying from taxation and oppression. I'm sorry to disappoint you. But I did not come to deliver the people from Rome. Then from what? From sin. From spiritual death. God loves the world in this way. That he gave his only son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish. But have eternal life. So this has nothing to do with Rome. It's all about... Sin. God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, Nicodemus. He sent him to save it through him. Whoever believes in him will not be condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already. Have you ever heard anything like this before? When I met Lilith, Mary, that day, I told my wife and my students, I said, she was beyond human aid. Only God could have healed her. And then I saw her healed. And here you are. The healer. Except that I am standing on holy ground. 
I do hope you come with us, Nicodemus. You don't have to do that. What are you doing? Kiss the sun. Lest he be angry and you perish in the way. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. <laughs> Born again. A teacher of the law that risks everything, his reputation, everything, to meet with Jesus. That's why they met in a secret place during the night. Risked everything because he understood one thing. And I love how they put it there. His heart was, was filled with fear and wonder. How long has it been since we have experienced that before the Lord? How long has it been since the wonder of his presence has been a part of us? How long has it been since, since, since we have, been, have had that childlike faith to understand things that are beyond, beyond our grasp and, and to understand that there is so much more than we, can, than, than we have to discover in the Lord. Born again. That's why the concept of born again is the ultimate new beginning. Now almost, almost three years here in, as, as part of the American church, and you heard me uh, tell this, say this before, I've understood something like, like a very important fact, a very important truth about what happens here. And it's that the, the concept of Jesus and Christianity and Bible and the scripture is ingrained in the, in, in the historical culture of this nation. Yes, but it's ingrained just as a distant memory. There's a disconnect. It has become just a routine. It has become for many, it has become just part of some custom that has no deep meaning for one's life. Routine and custom does not save anybody. It is when we are born again and we understand that the things of the Spirit are beyond us. And, 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 and we comprehend and it's so paradoxical because it's understanding that we cannot understand it. It's understanding that it's, that it's like the wind, that we see its effects, and we see the results that it has in our life. But I cannot come here and teach you what it is to be born again in the Spirit. You just need to have, take a leap of faith and, and, and step into that dimension. We have to, as a people, as a nation, as, a, as our, the families that we are, we need to really be reborn into what God wants us to be into what the Holy Spirit is leading us to be. Because some characters of the Old Testament experienced that. But Jesus here, in that conversation with Nicodemus, he was, he was setting up, he was setting up the stage for, for what then happened in Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 2, what happened is that the Holy Spirit of God became available for all of us who believe. Available for all of us. 
It became something that, something that was beyond our reach because it's beyond our nature, it's beyond our comprehension. Because of Christ, we have access to it. But it's something that we, have to, we need to, to really desire. It has to be a pursuit. And that's one of the things that I describe. The church in America, it tends to be a traditional church, a church of custom and not a church of pursuit. See, you were probably brought up knowing and, 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 and reading some Bible verses and having some Christian traditions in your life and your family. But being born again is not about, about maintaining those traditions. It's about walking with God every day. It's about a life in the Spirit. And that's what God has called us to be. And there is a challenge that today God wants to, wants to do with us because that sense of wonder, that pursuit that the Nicodemus had, there's that something that has to be a, a part of us. We need, to, we need to desire it. We need to acquire it. We need to, we need, we need to uh, uh, there, there has to be a, a, a deep longing for that inside of us. You know that I came, I came across a study just last week that was like, Jesus. I mean, this, this, is, this is so, so pertinent. And I was talking to a friend of mine in Puerto Rico the other day. And, and I was telling him about this. I said, the, the university in Arizona, the Barna Institute, recently, that was, that was published March, uh, today's what, the 20th? That was, that was published this week, early this week. They made a study in which in their study, they, they were able to conclude that about 51% of the population affirms to have a Christian belief, has to have a Christian belief, but that they, they had some follow-up questions follow-up questions to, to be able to determine, to assess who, how many of those not just, not just had those beliefs, not just affirmed those beliefs, but lived by those beliefs. How many of them had a biblical worldview, a biblical stance, a, that, that li they lived their life, they conducted their life in a biblical manner. And you know, you know how, what was their conclusion? Out of the 51% that affirmed to have a Christian faith, only 6%. Only 6% of the nation. A nation that was founded on that because customs, tradition, routine does not save anybody. That doesn't make a difference in your family. We're singing Jesus for my family. I'm, I'm going to ask the, the, the worship team to come up. Because we're going to affirm this again. A family is not changed by customs and routine and tradition. Your, the, the history of your family is going to be determined by the walk of the Spirit, by being reborn of the Spirit. There has to be a pursuit. That's why our society has become so, so hostile for the truth. Our society is so hostile against the truth because they see the truth as a straitjacket. The truth is not a straitjacket, the truth is our freedom. The truth is our freedom. And even when the times when we have to, when we have to walk and, 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 and really fall at the feet of Jesus, it's not to condemn us. It's to rescue us. It's to save us. This world, and I, 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 for some reason, and, and, and all in God's purpose, I was walking this last Tuesday with my family. We hadn't gone through downtown, it, it walked through downtown in a while, so we had spring break. We wouldn't go anywhere, anywhere else. We'd stay local, so we said, let's go, let's go down there and walk through the streets of this city. 
And as we were walking, we were saying, like, God, same thing that you spoke to me in the first time that I set foot in this city, Lord. They are like sheep without a shepherd. They're lost. They don't know where to go. They are just running in circles trying to fulfill their lives and their desires with things that are not just temporary, not just, not, not just things that go away soon, but things that are condemning to their lives, things that just destroy them. People walk in destruction. I was having then another conversation Wednesday night with someone that was telling me, I don't know, so I want to, I don't know how heaven is going to be, so I'm gonna, I'm just going to enjoy my life as much as I can here. And I'm saying, bro, you're just falling into the trap of destruction in your life that is not fulfillment that is not fulfillment believe me it is not it is not God doesn't want to destroy you he wants to rescue you he wants to save you from that you just have to be be willing to be reborn from the spirit how does that happen Jesus Jesus said it there to Nicodemus, to a guy that was an intellectual, a guy that was a scholar, a teacher. And he said, this is not about rationalization. Walking in the Spirit is not about understanding in our, in our human mind, in our calculated mind, how things go. It's really opening ourselves up to what God has for us and, start, and letting Him do His work. And you will notice because of the effects. You will notice because of what you experience. The fruits will be the evidence of what you are going through. Stand up with me this morning. God brought me and my family here to this, to this city because as I just mentioned, we came just here for a visit on a weekend. And then we, when we were here, we saw what God was showing us. We saw that there was, that there was a terrain, there was a, there was a land that had to be cultivated, that had to be plowed, that had to be sowed into. And God was preparing that because as many people come, God's heart pours out to people. And so as many people just come in and, and, and are added to the city, God's heart is even more invested in what happens here. And you and I are part of this. If you are here, it's not coincidence. If you are here, it's not just, it's not just chance. God does not operate that way. When we are children of God, then every step that we take in our life is directed in purpose. It's directed in, in, in His divine plans. When you say, God, yes, use me. Yes, God, I want to follow your will. I want to do your will. Then everything that happens is not just coincidental. We need to embrace, embrace that. Be reborn. Be reborn. Go beyond tradition. Go beyond tradition. I always say that I've recognized, I've mentioned this so many times in this last three, four months that I've lost count. 
In Latin America, you have the difference that the, that the, the traditional church is, it tends to be the Catholic church. The, it, the people are nominal in, in the way that they identify themselves at that. And they never practice anything. They just, they just feel that that's part of the custom of the culture or their family tradition. But it doesn't mean absolutely anything in their life. It's just a distant reference. It makes no effect. There is just an empty routine like the routine of those 400 years of silence. That's not the kingdom of God. In Latin America then, when you have Protestant churches, when people go into churches, the tendency is that, is that families, individuals, they go into that because there's some level of pursuit in them. They want to really go and seek God in their life and bring God into their family and, and, and raise their children with godly principles. There's an intentionality of doing that, of doing that. So, so that part is clearly, it, the line is much more clearly defined in Latin America. Here, the problem is, uh, the, the, the thing that we find ourselves into is that the traditional church tends to be the evangelical, the, 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 the um, uh, Protestant church. So there's no, there's no differentiation. There's no way to tell. There's no way to tell. You were brought up with these customs, with these traditions, but you have to take a step further. You have to take a step further. Like Nicodemus did, you have to fill your heart with wonder again. You need to fill your heart with something else. You need to be willing to be rebirthed by the Holy Spirit of God. That is what is going to change you. That is what is going to impact your life. I, I tend to think, and I, and, and I, and I, it fills my heart sometimes with terror. And I, and I have to say, God, I need to trust you because I start thinking, Lord, if this is like this, this time when I'm an adult, what world am I going to leave my daughters to? How is it going to be when they grow up? I don't know how it's going to be, Lord. And it fills my heart sometimes with, with, with that terror of the future. And, and then I, I understand that, that the plans of the Holy Spirit are greater than mine. That the paths of God are greater than mine. That my family will be sustained. doesn't matter what trial, tribulation comes around us. Because we are a family invested in living by the Spirit of God. This is not tradition in my house. This is not just custom or repetition. We live for this. We live for this. And that's why, that's why my dad and my mom, they took a, they, they took a 180 degree in their life at the family. And now it, it falls upon me. And then it multiplies to my next, next generation. And so will be. Because the blessing of God, it says, it says that it extends to a thousand generations. And that's what I'm believing. That's what I'm believing. I'm going to invite you today, this morning, to really take a step of faith. Really take a step of faith. Really take a step of faith. Because what we do in the natural, what we do in the natural is, is, is there's so many symbolic things that, they, that, that people do. And then they, 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 they do symbolic things, right? They, they put, a lot of people are putting, are putting a, a, a Ukraine flag in their profiles as symbolic of, of just support of that nation. But that's symbolic. You're really not doing anything with that. Just, it's just a symbol of support. And that symbol of support means something. means that, you're, that you are having a thought process that goes into that. So there are things that we do here in the natural that are symbolic but are meaningful. Are symbolic but are meaningful. When, when we take steps, when we move out, when we, when we are determined to do certain things in our life, it starts with that decision. So I'm going to invite you. 
to take a step forward today. Take a step forward. Because this is something that even me as a minister, as a pastor, as I was studying this, as I was seeing this, I, I was saying, God, I need to fill my heart with wonder again. I need to reactivate that pursuit in my life. I need to reactivate that, that part of me, Lord, every day, every day, every day. Renew my commitment with you. Renew my pursuit for you. Renew my relationship with you. When you renew vows, it's not that, that, that things are, are, are going to be different. It's a reaffirmation of saying, God, I am in because you are always in. So I am in. So I'm going to invite you to take a step forward here to this space that we, we have a space here open. And, 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 and I always say, uh, I mean, this, this open space needs to be filled with people. So if you want to fill your heart with wonder and, and of, of the rebirth in the Holy Spirit, just take a step forward and, and come here with me. Let's pray together. Let's pray together. We are a family. We're a people. We are the people of God. Take a step forward and don't delay. Don't delay. Say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna live for you. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna be passionate about your about your word. I'm gonna be passionate about, about uh, your presence in my life, Lord. I'm gonna be passionate for you. Fill my heart with wonder again. You are the healer. You are, you are the promised one. You came here. You came here to save us. You came here to rescue us. And we want, we want to embrace what you have for us, Lord. We want to embrace that. Pray, pray, pray before the Lord right there where you are. Pray, pray, pray before the Lord right there where you are. Start, start talking to the Holy Spirit in your life and say, Holy Spirit, I have openness for you. I have openness for you in my life. Guide my steps. Guide my steps, Lord. Guide my steps, Father. I pray that you do what I cannot do. What I cannot do. What is beyond my reach. What is beyond what, what I can, what I can touch or, or, or what I can control. Lord, I pray for my family, Lord. I pray for my family. When we were saying that, Jesus for my family. I speak the name of Jesus for them. I speak the name of Jesus for my immediate family. For my extended family. For my neighbors, co-workers, friends. I pray, Lord, that you, your Holy Spirit is activated in my life. That it's like that wind that can be felt. I don't know how to, how, how to start that, but you know. So I just have an openness. Say that to the Lord. I open my heart to you. I open my heart to you. I open my heart and my mind, my life. Openness before you, Lord. I, I, I don't understand it. I don't know. I, I don't comprehend the details of it. I understand now that it's not something that I could be just taught like a lesson. It's something that I need to walk. So from this day on, Lord, help me, Holy Spirit, to walk with you. Help me to walk with you, to bring you part, to, to bring you a center of my decisions as the guiding light of the decisions that I have to take as a family. The decisions that I have to take from, from, from work to, to, to living to decisions in, in education and in every aspect in the life. Lord, guide me, Lord. Guide me, Holy Spirit. I want to be reborn in your Holy Spirit. Say, shout Jesus. Shout Jesus from the mountains. Sing it, David. Jesus in the street. Jesus. Jesus in the darkness over every enemy. Over every enemy. And Jesus for my family. And Jesus for my family. I speak the holy name of Jesus. 
start mentioning the names the names of your children of your of, of your spouse of your of your cousin of everyone that, that God puts in your heart start start naming them start start naming them by name before the presence of God God is here with us start speaking life to them God has no problem of impacting their life right now he you are not limited by space and time Lord when the Holy Spirit is operating in us when we are reborn then then things are beyond of, of, of what we can reach in the natural so we speak life we speak Jesus to all of them to all of the Lord to my family members that are lost to the ones that that are around me that need rescuing Lord use me Lord use me Lord use us as a church as you are bringing people to this city activate the passion for you and as the passion for you activates the compassion for others is activated also and we reach out not by our strength not by our power but by the Holy Spirit says the Lord your name is life your life your life Lord oh. you break every stronghold shine through the shadows burn like a fire in me Lord like appreciate so much Willie's testimony from last week if you weren't here geez. let me tell you when we walk this way when we walk in this path it's always going to be a mystery we, we don't know what's going to happen and that's the amazing thing about this I've walked through this I've walked through that I've seen it in my own eyes I was sharing memories with with this other this other friend that, that had a very powerful ministry up in Michigan. And I was telling, and we were sharing stories of how God did supernatural things all the time. I was sharing with, with, with another friend saying like, like I, I had the experience to, to, to go into, into a, a witchcraft altar and break it down to pieces. I've had experiences very, very radical like that. Burning things to the ground that are evil. Seeing people being, being delivered before my own eyes and what I believe is that during this time it's going to be even greater I appreciate so much Willie's testimony from last week because you know what Tato if he's seeing we know he knows that we we, we talked about this that's one of the keys of the things that, that God's going to do in this in this city and it's deliverance there's a lot of there's a lot of spiritual bondage in a lot of people as I was seeing around, as I was walking through the streets of this town during this week, I was seeing, and that's, that's, then I understood that it was the Holy Spirit in me feeling, feeling that discomfort, feeling that rejection. It's like saying, what is this? What are you guys doing? And I wanted to like grab people and say like, what are you doing? You're destroying your life. But then God, God really, the Holy Spirit came to me and said, you have to have compassion for them because I don't come to destroy them, come to save them. I come to save them but it has to be through the power of the Holy Spirit because this is not one of the Dave and I talk talked about this all the time and I tell him 
This is not one of the most underchurched cities of the nation just for mere coincidence. There are strongholds to be, to be broken in this town. And instead, and what I've seen sometimes is that instead of being broken, they're being solidified in other places. Instead of, instead of the church coming in and, and, and being the light and the fire that ignites that and breaks those strongholds down, we're just happy to, to, to be in our routine and to have our custom and to maintain our, 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 our patterns and whatever we do, our practices. God doesn't care about that. God doesn't care about that. It's the Holy Spirit that makes a difference. In your life, in the life of your family, in the life of your neighborhood. When you see around and you open your spiritual eyes, it becomes overwhelming sometimes. Because you, you, you see the, the death and destruction around you. And you, see, and you see that and you say, wow, Lord, where am I? And, and sometimes I thought it has crossed my mind. It's like, I just want to flee and go someplace else. Because this is it's, it's overwhelming. But then God said, I brought you here. I brought you here to ignite a fire to ignite a fire and this is not about me as an individual it's about us as the people of God that's the calling that we have before him that is the calling that we have before him so right now start uh, start praying for people that you know start praying for people that you know and and let's not just just do this as something nice that sounds sounds pretty as at the end of the service really really commit to that really commit to that and and, and let the heart of God be part of your heart Become your heart also. Become your feeling. Did you feel like God feels for people? It's not routine. It's being reborn in the spirit. Right now, there where you are, I think that there's one of the things that is so fundamental of us as a church is being a body. It's being together. That's, that's the design of Jesus Christ. It was seen in the early church in the book of Acts. So right now, join between two or three and start praying for each other right now. Start praying for each other. Let's, practice, let's, let's start practicing here with us. If you're going to go to a hostile world, a hostile against the truth, then you got to be able to pray for people that are like-minded. So go, turn yourself to, to one or two people and start praying for each other right there where you are. Especially if you don't know each other. If you know each other, fine. Start praying for each other there where you are. Start blessing each other. That's a practice. It's a practice that is, that is good, it's healthy. It's needed. But it's also a preparation for what God is going to bring us to do. I pray for everyone, anybody that is watching through these cameras, through these transmissions. I pray for you, for I pray for you right now. That the Holy Spirit, which has no limitation of place or time, can impact your life right now right now where you are can you that you feel the embrace of the father right there where you are as you see this because it's not about about me it's not about us it's about him and he is there where you are right now i pray that you have uh, uh, um, prayers answered this week that you have prayers answered jesus oh jesus yeah yeah Jesus, 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 Jesus. Sing the chorus. Your name is power. Your name is power. Your name is healing. And 
Can you give a hand to the Lord this morning? As we tend to say, if that applause was for me, I'll take it because I don't mind. But as if, if it's for Jesus and for his Holy Spirit in us, so give, it, give, give a real hand to the Lord. Hey, we are so glad that you joined us for our service this morning. If you are interested in learning about how you can start a relationship with Jesus, we would love to be here to talk that through with you. The Bible says in 1 John 5, 12, that whoever has the Son has life. And we really believe that here at Renovate. So again, if you want to start a relationship with Jesus, if you're just interested in learning more about the faith, you have questions, we'd love to hear from you as well. Or if you wanna grow as a follower of Jesus or get more involved in what we're doing, we'd love to hear from you. So just go ahead and comment on the platform that you're at or reach out to us by email at info at renovatechurch.com. Again, we're so glad you were able to join us. We hope you have a great week and we look forward to hearing from you soon.